Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by Harley Schultz, as always. Mr. Schultz, how are you doing? You know, I'm a little tired, but I'm a little tired because I watched the uh, entire first half of the uh, Vikings game yesterday, and uh, it was one of the slowest games I've ever witnessed. I'll tell you what was a slow game. A slow game, slow game, slow burn, slow death was watching the Eagles, who should have won, and you wish that it would have ended after three quarters. That's true. Well, how about uh, Baltimore? Oh. Mr. Justin Tucker never missed an extra point. Never missed an extra career. point and never missed a kick inside of 30 yards, I believe. he was. I think I read 33 yards. 33, yeah. whatever, yeah. It was, would it be whatever the extra point is nowadays. 300 for 300. Yep. I guess that just, I mean, when they say it's a bad year for kickers, if that doesn't prove it, I don't know what else does. <laughs> I was um, going to say the most automatic kicker in history. And, and when you think about this, so the Vikings, they now have the second uh, most accurate kicker in history on their roster, Dan Bailey. Yep. And, of course, after we sign him, he goes and he misses like five kicks in a span of three weeks. So Yep. It's crazy. Um, I'm a little tired, too, um, not from watching football, but just from a lack of sleep. So I'm going to use this as a PSA um, for our listeners saying, make sure you check the batteries in your smoke detectors. Even if they wake you up at 4 a.m. blaring, saying, fire, fire, fire. Um, Yes, that happened to us last night at 4 a.m. Our smoke detectors went off. And I smelled fire, smelled something burning. I about mm-hmm. freaked out. Um, evidently, and I've smelled it before, when your furnace first starts up for the first time during the season, you, mm-hmm. get that, you get that weird smell. But this didn't smell the same. This truly smelled like something that was burning. It didn't smell like that furnace smell. Um, and I could have swore that our heat would have been on last week when we dipped down into the 40s at one point but I guess maybe it didn't, but I really thought it would have. So there's no reason for me to have thought last night, the fact that we got down to 35-ish, that that would have been the first night our heater actually kicked on. Well, how did Tank take the loud noises? Um, did not like it. Was very um, skittish. I actually did not forget about him. I had to check all the rooms, and he's the first one I got, gave it to my wife, had her check our camera, go downstairs with him, get outside. I'll check everything. I'm going to go up in the attic, which I probably shouldn't do. Um, checked everything, didn't see anything, called non-emergency, asked them if that's what it could be, what I thought it might have been from the furnace starting up. She's like, well, you really, I can't just put you through. They'll want to come out. And I'm like, four o'clock in the morning. I don't think we have a fire. My neighbors won't like me very much. My (laughs) wife will be embarrassed, but it's our lives. I decided not to call. Um, but they did send a police officer by because as I was going around my house checking to make sure nothing was you know, smoking on the outside, um, saw him coming by flashing light on my property. So I guess that's a good thing. Well, I, I like to think, though, in addition from watching some really boring football this weekend, uh, obviously 
this was the first weekend we had to get up early to adjust lineups based on 8.30 a.m. Uh, London games. Too. Yeah, so guess what? Well, I've, I'm, this is no secret. I've said this year in and year out. I hate the 9.30 games. I despise them. I really do. I, I just... If London can have a game, let it be a one o'clock game. Let it be like prime time for them and show it a normal time for us. But I woke up, I don't know, you know, tried to sleep in. You got a dog that gets up at three o'clock and four o'clock and five o'clock. You want to sleep in on the weekend. I guess I woke up around nine ten or nine fifteen after, you know, taking him back out at five o'clock. And I decide to check my phone just to see what's going on on Twitter and I see Melvin Gordon trending. Yes. I, I was going to say, I hope you got up in time to remove Melvin Gordon from any of your lineups. And I did, but the, here's the weird part. When I saw Melvin <clears throat> Gordon, what I saw in my head was Melvin Ingram, and I'm like, the hell happened to <laughs> Melvin Ingram? You know, that's the IDP side of me, I guess. Yep, yep. And I went, oh, crap, he's out. Wait a minute. He's in one of my lineups, and I'm sitting there quickly, and I, I did. I got him out. Good thing I got Shady McCoy in instead. Um <laughs> So it didn't really do me much good, quite honestly. Uh, one, one carry and concussion, yeah. So, uh, uh, so the, the conversation actually came up with uh, my wife and I this uh, past weekend, uh, confusing between Melvin Gordon, Melvin Ingram, and Mark Ingram. So, oh yeah, I can see that. But I mean, I just got lucky. I completely just, you know, we do so much in this industry. I think people think that we know exactly who's playing who every week. You know what I mean? That you'll get mm-hmm. the question, um, Ingram, right, or Melvin, versus <laughs> you know, should I pick? Should I go with Ingram or should I go with this person? And we'll say it's Smith, right? Well, it could be yes. Melvin Ingram, right, or it could be Roquan Smith, or it could be Mark Ingram or Tory Smith. Mm-hmm. We it just we don't know. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute, who's Baltimore playing this week? I mean, I, there was one week where I thought Cleveland was at home playing somebody that they weren't even playing, and I answered the person on Twitter that way, and I realized, oh, wait a minute, that's not right. It's, it's, the weeks start to meld together for us, so it's difficult for us, even though we know and do all the research. Sometimes on the spot, it's just you have that brain lapse and you forget. Yeah, I mean, you, you can only do so much preparation, too, for, I mean, just last-minute last things that happen. Yeah, I mean, and I do the um, projections for the huddle for IDP. So Friday nights, I'm doing the injury report. Mark everybody that's defensive that's out for the their game out. So, and it, it could be some obscure guys, but I mark them as out because I know there are people out there that play in some really deep leagues, and they have certain rules where if the guy's not marked out, then they can't put him on IR or something like that. So I always try to accommodate by doing that. Um, so I'm up late. I look at them all. I look at the matchups, but I didn't look at the times. You know, why, why should I? I worry about who's on a bye, you know. But it's just it's tough sometimes and you forget. But I will give – that's my one PSA. Make sure that you change the batteries in your smoke detectors. I know they can be a pain in the ass when they go off. But if it does work when needed, it's worth it. Um, and we're entering that season with heaters and portable heaters and Christmas lights and all that kind of stuff. So – well, I think favor. a lot of people are reminded that uh, with the changing of our clocks yes. coming up here in a week or two, that's typically when uh, the uh, fire departments recommend that yep. you change your batteries for your smoke detectors at that same time. So this, again, good PSA, good reminder to our listeners, and also a good reminder to make sure when your clocks are set back uh, for the fall here, 
to adjust the time that you wake up on Sunday morning so you don't miss out on these late breaking attachments. I feel like kids nowadays, I say kids, they have no idea what it's like to truly set their clocks forward or back because of phones the way they are now. I mean, you used to be able to go to work and somebody would be late, right? And they're like, oh, I forgot to set my, my clock back. You can't use that now. But, you know, like, so I remember when I was a kid, uh, on the weekends, at least, Saturdays, at least, I should say, I got up at 7 in the morning because I wanted to sit in front of that TV, eat some cereal, and watch all the Saturday morning cartoons. I don't even think they have those anymore. Really? I, I have no idea. to the extent that we had when we were kids. No, and if you go back and look at those cartoons, they're kind of violent and um, boorish. I'll just leave it at that. How's that? It's a wonder we grew up normal, but that's also for, up for debate. So, exactly. You know, I can't wait to hear what you have to say in the news. So I guess we should get off of my PSA <clears throat> about batteries and Duracell and, and all that kind of stuff and just throw it over this, to Harley for this week's BPN News. Thank you, Steve. This week's news brought to you by Duracell. The Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to the Oakland Raiders today for a first-round draft pick. When, was, when it was heard of the news, former Cowboys wide receiver Joey Galloway went on Twitter and exclaimed that he was not sure what Jerry Jones was thinking and that even he would not be stupid enough to accept this kind of deal. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy has been placed in the NFL's concussion protocol following an injury sustained Sunday. With as rotten as the Bills have been, my head would be hurting too. Something tells me this concussion might be season-ending, or at least McCoy may hope that it is. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell has yet to report to Steelers camp, assumedly delaying his return until after the trade deadline has shaken out. After seeing that Oakland got a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, Pittsburgh has raised its asking price for Bell to 476 first-round picks. <laughs> Todd Gurley has 14 touchdowns through seven games. Patrick Mahomes has 24 touchdowns through seven games. And Adam Thielen has more than 100 yards receiving in every game so far. At this point, deciding on the 2019 NFL MVP would appear to be very difficult. So, to make the process much easier, Roger Goodell has just decided to hand the award to Tom Brady once again. <laughs> and finally, the Jaguars benched Blake Bortles for Cody Kessler midway through their Sunday matchup with Houston. Following the game, Doug Maroney refused to name a starter for next week. I'm guessing that Maroney is hoping that the ghost of Monty Hall will offer him a door number three instead of these two zonks. This has been your BPN News Update, brought to you by Duracell. So, yes, working the Duracell in there, that's, that's all just something that you just decided to do based off our conversation. Good job. Um, and you know these kids have no idea who the heck Monty Hall is. I have a feeling these kids say don't know what Duracell is. Oh, that's true, too. The uh, copper top, baby. So here's something I didn't know until recently. Um, Sears, formerly Sears and Roebuck Company, mm -hmm. which is going to be filing bankruptcy, owned, I don't think they still do, but owned Duracell. I did not know that. I did not know that. That was one of their brands. Um, Sears, while the company 
retail-wise, is in trouble. They have some pretty nice brands that they've owned over the years. They have Kenmore, Craftsman, Duracell. Mm-hmm. Um, they owned a, I don't know if it was Allstate, possibly. That sounds familiar. They did have Allstate in a lot of their retail establishments. So. Yeah, I think that. So, I mean, think about that. That's pretty iconic. Um, there was a good little article about them or whatever, whatever you call it, moment on Twitter, but... I'm a former retail guy, so I can't help but you know be entertained with that kind of stuff. It's interesting you bring that up because actually just uh, two weekends ago, my wife and I went to view a condo, which is now on a high floor in a former corporate office that was located above a Sears uh, Roebuck store here in Minneapolis. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just shopping's different than it used to be. The Sears and the J.C. Penney's and... You know, stuff like that, downtowns, and while they try to make downtown-type shopping come back, it's just not the same. But you know what else isn't the same? What's not the same? Wide receivers for the Dallas Cowboys this week. That's not the same. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Well, from week in and week out so far this year, we've had basically juggling wide receivers. None of them has really been worth anything so far this year i know cole beasley had one big game but again choosing your wide receivers from dallas each week is kind of like choosing which uh which tooth you want the dentist to extract first yeah yeah gallup had a nice little play this weekend but you know i just i know that you're you'd like to take shots at josh gordon when you can and i will say he looked like he was running with cement cement boots on on that big 55 yard play that he didn't score on um Mm -hmm. but a fifth rounder for josh gordon Mm -hmm. or a first rounder for amari cooper yeah i know it's a hot take you're seeing it all over the internet but still it just makes you go really and then you know the browns also did a deal um you know they sent carlos hyde packing to jacksonville Mm-hmm. And, and you know how we say this a lot of times during the summer. We say you've got to read between the lines, you know, read the smoke signals and read between the tea, and read the tea leaves and all that kind of stuff. That tells me a couple of things. One, they trade for Hyde, who fits their offensive scheme. Two, it goes back to where I said, man, I'm sorry, but a running back that has a soft tissue injury that's already missed, you know, multiple weeks, that scares me. And I think that should scare anybody that's a Leonard Fournette owner. Oh, definitely, definitely, uh I mean, Jacksonville, with other glaring needs, obviously, most notably quarterback right now, uh, to make a deal for a running back when they've got a supposed featured running back who's missed, like I said, a lot of uh, four out of six games so far, and a reasonably effective backup running back in TJ Yeldon to make that deal for Hyde when, again, I think quarterback is such a more pressing need that... And perhaps even a wide receiver might even be more, maybe more pressing need too. Oh. That really does kind of put a sting to anyone that happens to own Fournette. And unfortunately, I'm a, I'm an owner of Fournette in at least one league, so I, I've been dealing with the every week. I mean, it's kind of like Delvin Cook this year. It's like you're just waiting for the week when he might actually play. Yeah, I'm a Cook owner. I don't have any Fournette, but you know, then it also you go, how did? the Browns only get a fifth for Carlos Hyde. Like, it doesn't seem like enough get back. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they're going to package their third and a fifth, maybe to move, make a move for Amari, because they need wide receiver help. There's no doubt well, about it. So now, Hyde, 
Hyde is under contract for three years. How much of that is guaranteed? That might be why they got such a little return, if, if more yeah, of that's guaranteed. In the NFL, nothing's guaranteed except Kirk Cousins' <laughs> contract. Seriously, come on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I get that's part of it also. But I was thinking maybe the Browns are going to bundle something together and make a play for Amari, which I still can't – you know, they've got such a need. And you can't tell me Josh Gordon doesn't help that team and make them better immediately if he's playing with what they have right now. Yes. Yeah. Because Antonio Callaway, he can't catch a cold. Um, <laughs> and I, I'll be honest, and I saw this on Twitter, but it wasn't why I thought this. I don't remember the exact scene. I don't remember the names. I'm not good with that. I'm not good with quotes. But in Moneyball, where the coach said, I handle the lineup, and the GM says, that's fine, but he's not batting leadoff. I handle lineup. He's not batting leadoff, or whatever it was the guy said, because I traded him. That's what I feel like Dorsey did with Hyde because I think that they want to get Chubb more carries and they should have had to get Duke more involved. The fact that Duke only had, what, five touches, one carry, four catches or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe it was only two catches and four targets, I don't remember, still is egregious. Um, Cleveland's close. They are. They're close, but they can't, they're not going to go anywhere with Hugh. They're, and I've heard that he's on very thin ice. Um, did you know that they had a drive that accounted for over 100 yards yesterday and failed, oh, wow. and failed to score on it? They, account, they accumulated more than 100 yards of offense mm-hmm. on a drive that they failed to score any points on. How, how much time did that drive take? I do not know. I saw it on Twitter. I can't say that was my idea, um, but I just it's astounding. So, of course, that means there was penalty yardage involved. I don't know if yeah. I've ever heard of a team that has gone more than 100 yards in one drive and not scored, ever. Yeah. That's the yeah. most Cleveland thing ever. Well, again, I mean, they, they managed to find another way to lose in 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 yeah. extra time, so to speak. Well, what's interesting about that, too, is that uh, some, someone, I don't remember who it was on Twitter, brought up a good point about using using Cleveland in daily fantasy going forward. They actually have a good schedule coming up from from an offensive standpoint, at least. And every week they get an extra 10 minutes of play. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They've played the equivalent of an extra game compared to everybody else so far. Um, yep. And then, you know, you intercept Jameis in overtime at a really, you know, not you're not deep in your own territory. It was either right at or on one side of the 50. And you have three plays and you're out. You know, it's like. And then you give up a 59-yard field goal, the longest ever in overtime, to lose to a guy who missed a field goal at the end of regulation and missed an extra point. It's just, you know, it goes to show that the game is a game of inches. Cleveland truly could easily be 6-1. and one. The Eagles could be 5-2. and two. I'm sure that you can say something about the Vikings and Kansas City. Um, look at what, you know, New England could be if Kansas City pulls out their game last week and then Chicago doesn't get tackled at the one on a Hail Mary and doesn't give up a punt return for a blocked touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. Well, here's a question for some of our listeners who may not be IDP inclined. So on that catch by Kevin White, Josh Gordon recorded the tackle. Now, if you're in an IDP league and you have Josh Gordon – as one of your offensive positions, do you get credit for that tackle? It depends on the scoring system, but the ones I'm in, you do. Jay Cutler used to be a hell of a quarterback because he had enough. He had tackles for all the interceptions he threw sometimes. 
<laughs> now I'm making that up. I'm sure he has, but no, it is. I was going to say Matt. That sounds like Matt Schaub. <laughs> but but it is true. Um, there are players on the offensive side of the ball that can record sack. I'm not sacks, but tackles like on a turnover or something like that. So yeah, if he plays defense, he still would get points for a tackle. Um, if he knocked the ball down, pass defended, if you score for that, stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I guess it would go both ways then, too. Like, when a guy like Mike Vrabel would come in and catch a yep. touchdown pass. J.J. Watt. Get J.J. Watt, yep. Again, it's it's based on the scoring system because some, some leagues don't see that and they don't, they don't put it in that, oh, wait, everybody gets a touchdown no matter what they do, which you should. But, yeah, players like J.J. Watt, Vrabel, et cetera, used to score lots of points because of that. Get a catch if it's PPR plus the touchdown. How about some of these trades that haven't happened yet? Uh, that should is Jack is Jacksonville going to add a quarterback? I mean, it feels like they really need to. Who who are they going to add? Eli Carr, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> Cap <laughs> Uncle no. Rico, maybe. Um, I think you rule Cap out. Just it's not happening. Um, is Eli yeah, really an upgrade? Sean wants to deal with that headache. Is, is Eli really an upgrade? Yeah. He does have two wor- uh, two World Series. Two, so I'm thinking off baseball. Yeah. He does have two Super Bowl victories. So. I mean, Jacksonville gave Bortles what eighteen million, eighteen trillion dollars. They didn't pursue Kirk Cousins. They didn't pursue Case Keenum. And now, and I thought that they should pursue one of those guys, including Eli Manning. Honestly, because with that defense, I thought that that he could be serviceable. Um, but here's the problem right now. You know how the offense can help the defense and vice versa? That offense is infecting that defense. Whether it's because you're dejected or because you're on the field too much. That's definitely – they're spending way too much time on the yeah, field Yeah, right I mean, a fresh defense is, is invaluable, you know, what, what you get from it. So that's why there's probably not a coach that's getting less with more talent right now than the Jags. Well, speaking of defense now – uh, we just got word today that uh, Patrick Peterson of the Cardinals, a uh, multi-time Pro Bowl cornerback, wants out of Arizona. Now, what are some teams that could use uh, a legitimate shutdown cornerback like that right now? Well, everybody can use a legitimate shutdown cornerback, trust me. Um, but no, there was that, rant, that, that rumor came out early or late last week, I should say, and then it was put to bed saying we're not trading Patrick Peterson. I don't ever buy it. When somebody says they're not doing something, that's probably when they're working on doing it. Um, One of the first teams that honestly jumped to mind that I thought really could use a Peterson is Philadelphia. If they've had a problem spot, it's it's at cornerback in the secondary. Um, And he helps fill a lot of ills. Um, Besides them, I mean, the Rams have just been, you think that they should be good with Tlaib and, and Peters, but They've been bad at cornerback, but I don't think they're going to trade for well, one. Well, I was going to say, Tlaib is now out, too, for the foreseeable future with his injury. Yep. And th- strangely enough, though, they have uh, Sam Shields stepped into the second cornerback spot. And, yeah. and Shields was a former number one cornerback for Green Bay for five or six years there. So it, it shouldn't have dropped off as much as it did, but it really has. Yeah, Kansas City could use him. Um, Kansas City could use anything they can get that would be a benefit for them in their secondary. Hopefully Eric Berry comes back. That'll be a positive impact for him. You put a guy like Peterson, all of a sudden that's that's half. You've improved half of your secondary just with two players. Um, Justin Houston. What if the Saints were to get him to line up opposite of uh, um, Marshawn Lattimore? 
Yeah, I mean he's not going to be he's not going to be a downgrade for anybody in my opinion. Um, he's still one of the best in the game. So just you have to look at the teams and say is it something that you think that they would do? And so many teams don't deal anymore. Um, we had Ted Sunquist on the show a couple years ago, and he used to be a, a dealer at the trade deadline a lot. So it just it doesn't happen very often. And I don't know if it's because people are just afraid of getting screwed or the money and everything precludes it, et cetera. But well, I, I think teams are teams are afraid they're going to get a Roy Williams situation for Colorado, not for Colorado for the Cowboys, yeah. or or a reverse version of that, like when the Vikings traded uh, nine and a half years worth of draft picks for Herschel Walker, right. So the answer is, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but I actually think that he is going to wind up traded. Anyone's like under the radar that you could see being traded or any team that you can think of that has a glaring opening of, of a player that you think would be a, a good target for them? Well, I mean, there was also a rumor that the Cowboys were looking to pursue Kelvin Benjamin. I'm not sure if he'd be an upgraded tight end or not. Um, yeah, that was supposed to be a joke. Um there was rumor that they were pursuing him now with Cooper. They're not. But are, are you implying that Kelvin Benjamin is as slow as a tight end? Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> and about as productive as the Cowboys tight ends. Um, you know, I think that Amir Abdullah could could change hands for a team that needs a running back. I, the Patriots uh, just yeah. lost Sonny Michelle. They're down to simply James White and Kenyon Barner. And uh, Barner's never been an every down back. James White really isn't an every down back. They're going to have to do something there. Well, and here's the thing. People, I think, need to look at this, too, is you can, it's all about relationships, whether it's selling outside of the NFL, just in everyday life, or in the NFL. It's all about relationships. And don't forget who the coach in Detroit is right now, Matt Patricia. Yes, yes. So that line, that channel of communication is open if Bill wants it to be. And... Look, Abdullah's got his limitations. He's got his ups. He's got his downs. He's got his pluses. He's got his minuses. In New England, it seems like they can always find the pluses. As a carry-on Johnson owner, I'd almost feel happier if Detroit was to send LeGarrette Blunt back to the Patriots. See, but I don't think he fits the scheme and what they're doing right now. I um, know, I know. I, I, yeah. I, from a Detroit fan standpoint, I want to get my carry-on Johnson free to score the touchdowns. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> and they'll come. I think that'll still come. But anyway, I, that's somebody I think that will – that could possibly move. I've made preemptive waiver wire ads over the weekend before Sunday games kick off because the league I'm in, we have IR. So once a player's ruled out, you can move him to IR, right? Then you can pick somebody up. Well, then when Monday, Tuesday comes around, they may take him off IR if that other player hasn't, say, been traded yet or the player that you were hope that you took so that if, like, say, you picked up Malcolm Brown in case something happened to Gurley. Okay, girl, he didn't get hurt. Now you can drop Malcolm Brown this week. So I, w- I did that with Amir Abdullah the past two weeks. Um, come Tuesday, Wednesday, when you know Cook is off the injury report and back to questionable, i got to drop him if he hasn't been traded yet. Um, that's the kind of preemptive stuff I like to do, though. Um, but I do think he's somebody at running back that you could see move. I'm not, I don't really see any wide receivers that are going to be moving beyond Amari, what just happened with him. How about you? I, I don't either, actually. Uh... Again, unless uh, there really isn't a team that needs a wide receiver. That's it. Maybe Seattle. Although they're they're starting to use David David Moore a little bit more on their offense. And Doug Baldwin has been battling that foot thing. Tyler Lockett's been in and out of the lineup all season. Listen, 
we, we didn't say we were going to do a buy, sell, or anything like that, but I'm just going to throw this in right now. Coming off the bye week, buy Doug Baldwin. Go, he didn't have that great a line last game. You look at it, okay, didn't really wow. Buy Doug Baldwin. I'm telling you, buy Doug Baldwin. He will pay off in the second half of this season. Well, I'll, I'll tell people then to uh, buy a guy that we were all high on a couple weeks ago and who was really – he didn't do anything last night in a game he should have been huge in, and that's Tyler Boyd. Because the schedule for Cincinnati and the passing game for Cincinnati is soft as cake over the next few weeks. So if you find anyone that was like completely perturbed that Boyd didn't go off against Kansas City, get him, get him today. Yep, there you go. All right, so you ready to – there anything else you want to talk trade-wise, or do you want to just jump right into DFS? I think it's time we, we trade some money uh, uh, for some lineups on Daily Fantasy. I think that sounds good. All right, over-under. Go ahead, I'll let you set it this week. Uh, let's see, one, two. As you're counting up, I will remind everybody that we do not discuss our daily picks, our DFS picks, in advance. We actually don't discuss much of anything, if anything at all, in prepping for the show, um, we might talk about, hey, let's, we're going to talk about some trades today or something like that, but no specifics. No, I'll talk about this. You talk about that. Um, so right now, Harley has no clue what I'm looking at DFS-wise, and I, nor what he has. So what's the over-under? I'm going to set the line today really low. I'm going to set it at three. At three. And I think that might be high. I, <laughs> I can see that with this slate. But I think, I think I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the okay. over. It'll depend on <coughs> quarterback and tight ends what it's going to come down to. I can see that because th- those are the two thinnest positions this week. So yeah. All right. So I'll just I'll let you start. Okay. Uh, starting at quarterback, I'm going to pay up for Andy Dalton. Uh, for a second straight week, pretty much, uh, I like his matchup uh, this week against Tampa Bay. Coming off a bad game, or a, a mediocre game, I should say, against KC that he should have done much better in. But Tampa's allowing three passing touchdowns per game. They've allowed 11 passing touchdowns over their last three games and 12 total over their three away games. That means they're averaging four touchdowns allowed per away game this year. Uh, I think that uh, Dalton is going to get right back on the horse, and he's going to have a huge day here versus Tampa. So you started to say, eh, eh, and with an A, I thought we agreed. I thought you were going Andrew Luck with Andrew me. Luck. I thought about Andrew Luck a lot there. <laughs> um, the one thing I don't like about Luck that almost pushed me to Dalton, quite honestly, is the fact that he's on the road. Um, but, man, he's – you could say he's not playing well if you want to look at all the – the fine metrics and all that kind of stuff, but he's putting numbers up. He didn't have. I think the, at one point yesterday, I looked at his numbers. He had completed like ten passes for 140 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I'm still confused how that worked out. Well, you know, the thing is, he's putting stats up. He looks healthy. His passes, depth of pass is getting longer by the week, it seems. He's got T.Y. back, who I would not have recommended as a play this week, but seeing that he's ready to go, I think that's a plus. And I'm sorry, I just think the Raiders are a mess right now. I know they're middle of the pack and points allowed to quarterbacks, but I just, seriously, give me luck this week. I I don't have a problem with Dalton, but if I'm paying up, I'm not paying up for those other guys. I'd be paying up for one of those two because you still save a little bit of money. Here's the one reason I didn't choose luck. 
And that's that I really think that this is going to end up being a blowout for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a lot of the running backs. Oakland is awful against the run. That's possible. Uh, plus, I mean, there's no Cooper, no Marshawn Lynch anymore. He just got put on IR now. So uh, take those two out of the offense. There's really, I mean, they don't have Michael Crabtree anymore there. Uh, they've got Jordy Nelson, who's pretty much, uh, I mean, he's going through the motions, but yep. he's really the only guy left on that team with any heart. Yeah. And that, like you said, I mean, we talk about how defense can affect offense. That that offense is going to probably affect that defense in that they're just going to completely drag down what little talent is left on that defense, and that's going to be trouble. Yeah, and Marlon Mack did look good this weekend, so. Yes, he did. Um, okay, so we don't agree there. We almost did. It's, I'll get like a point one because you, your guy started with an A also. Who are you avoiding? Uh, avoid Cam Newton versus Baltimore. Oh, uh, God, you There wasn't me. a lot I hated at quarterback this week. I, I, I liked most. I didn't. I, I kind of thought Jared Goff against a fairly good Green Bay secondary. But I ultimately went with Newton because his price tag's 8100 on FanDuel, which is just absurd. Yeah. Only one quarterback has topped 300 yards against Baltimore this year, and that took overtime. That was Baker Mayfield in overtime. And only two have thrown for more than one touchdown against against him. Plus, Baltimore hasn't given up a rushing touchdown to a quarterback yet this year. They've only given up like 78 yards over all their games to opposing rushing quarterbacks. So, I mean, you're begging and pleading that Cam scores a dive touchdown and you can't count on more than one passing touchdown here. See, I, you know me. I try to look for the higher-priced guys to avoid. Uh, Cam's hard for me to avoid at 5,800 on DraftKings. I see it at 81 on FanDuel. Um, I'm taking a guy that's on the road. He's coming off a bye, so that really – it was almost like that negated the other. But I'm still just not sure what Rodgers is going to do against a Rams team that can, one, neutralize him by just running the ball with Gurley. Right? They don't even have yep. to throw the ball. Um, so they can shorten the game. But at that price, he's second highest guy on the board. I just didn't see the value in, in playing him. So that's why I took a pass on Rodgers. I did think that we would agree on one of those first two. So now my over is not looking good. What's interesting is I actually I, I like your take on Rodgers. And, and what's comical is, is I gave a red grade to Rodgers. I also gave a red grade to Goff. Uh, but there's an element of me that's thinking to myself, even though I gave them both uh, decidedly negative grade for based on their price tag. Part of me thinks to myself, this game could be flipped on its mushroom cap, yeah, and it could be like a five touchdowns for each side type shootout game. So I, I feel like as as much as I want to avoid that game from a daily fantasy standpoint, I feel like I have to at least put out one lineup with each of them as the quarterback paired up with their top options at receiver because both of those guys are capable of putting up huge numbers. Again, it is in California, so we don't have any real weather issues to worry about there. Uh, but Green Bay will be traveling, so there's that factor. Yep. Okay, so value play. I think I got really? you here. I do. I think I've got you on the value play. I could be wrong because there may be some recency bias that says, no, they're not that good of a play. But I'm going with Case Keenum against your Chiefs. Yeah, I could say actually again another situation where I gave them I gave Case a green grade this week. Yep. But I did look at something, and like you said, recency bias is important. Over the last four games, the Chiefs have only given up three passing touchdowns. I was surprised by that too. I was like looking, I'm like, is that right? I'm like, yeah, they're not giving up passing touchdowns for some reason over the last couple of weeks. And Case will throw four. 
and you guys will well, score 45, 48 points to win. Well, well Case, Case is going to – I mean, they are giving up yardage. So, and, I mean, they're giving up nearly 350 yards a game to opposing quarterbacks. So. And you know what? We should have said this earlier. Demarius Thomas, there's rumors that he could be on the block actually too. Oh, I, yeah, I did forget that. I, I made a note of him on my list of players. But, uh, again, who really – there's not really an obvious need for a possession-style receiver like that. I mean – by the way, we have breaking news right now. The Falcons have scored a passing touchdown against the Giants tonight. And Julio Jones was not the recipient. It was another receiver, Marvin Hall. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, they, they find a different way to troll Julio Jones owners each and every week, don't they? Don't they? Goodness. First, First, it's Muhammad Sanu. Then it's Calvin Ridley with uh, two touchdown day. Then it's Mah- Muhammad Sanu again. Then it's Ito Smith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard that. Uh, I heard that they're going to try and get Julio Jones' mom a touchdown in a red zone opportunity at some point. So, okay. Here's the thing: if if you can place in-game betting right now, if you're in a state where in-game betting is allowed, go put money on the next Atlanta touchdown going to Justin Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, the odds can't be bad for that. Um, all right, let's move. Let's run on over to running back. How about my value play first? Oh, that's right, your value play. That's right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Baker Mayfield at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I don't dislike that. He was part of uh, one I considered, but. Pittsburgh has allowed the third most passing touchdowns this season. Four of their six opponents, they've given up 300-plus yards passing to, so. Uh, and we know this is going to go to overtime, so we're going to get that extra 10 minutes for Mayfield. <laughs> the thing I didn't like about that, there's two things. You know me, I don't like road games for my quarterbacks usually. Um, mm-hmm. But two, I don't like that Pittsburgh's coming off a bye. Well, and how, how long of a travel is that from Cleveland to Pittsburgh? It's not, but it's still a, it's that whole, you know, stadium, you know, effect. Make Baker's a, a rookie, he's got to use, get used to crowd noise. He hasn't been to a game in Pittsburgh type thing, you know that kind of stuff. Got, got to worry about yeah. Mike Tomlin tripping him on the sideline. Yeah, that too, exactly. And look, I wouldn't be shocked if he threw for three fifty and threw a couple scores and Chubb ran three in. You know, it's all possible. Um, just, just didn't make my cut. I thought Case was a slightly better play because I think they're going to have to pass. You made a good case for him. Okay, yeah, there you go. I like that. Let's run on over to running back. How's how's that? We're hoping. Well, you know what? So here's the thing. I I decided to not make the obvious pick at pay up this week. Oh, we might agree then. You see, here's the thing. I could tell you once again for the fourth week in a row to play Todd Gurley. Yep. Because it doesn't matter what his price is. And you know what? His price, he has reached the 11K mark on FanDuel. I know. I was shocked that he was under 10. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of FanDuel that they've had someone listed at 11,000. I was shocked that he was under 10 on DraftKings. He is on pace to break um, LaDainian Tomlinson's touchdown mark. 14 touchdowns in seven weeks. Yeah. I think LaDainian scored 31, right, is what it was? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if we both didn't choose him as our pay-to-play, we very well might have matched up here. I wonder. Uh, I've, I've got a guy I think that's near and dear to your heart, and he's got a cush matchup. I think we matched uh, Kareem Hunt versus Denver. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say no. I'm like, what? Nope. Oh, no. Kareem Hunt. And see, I had Gurley there and crossed him out because it's just it's too easy. Uh, well, and again, so we're saying that play Gurley. If you can afford it, play Gurley because 
Gurley is averaging over 30 points per game on DraftKings this year. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so even at $10,000, he's still returning three times production on DraftKings this year. It's sick. But Kareem Hunt, Denver is allowing a league-worst 5.3 yards per carry on the ground. Over the last three games, it's actually been worse. Over their last three games, they are allowing an average of <laughs> six 0.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Yeah, that's, up, more than, that's more than half of a first down. They're giving up like 337 yards a game or something, right? It is so absurd. Absolutely absurd. And and Kareem Hunt uh, at his price tag, which is 2,800 lower than yep. uh, Gurley on DraftKings and 3,000 lower than Gurley on FanDuel. For, he could easily return 4x value this week. I, I would not be surprised. Nope. Okay, so now we both agree. Who are we both going to pass on? I think there's a chance we could agree here. Probably not, but I think I there's a chance. I had a really tough time with who I wanted to pass on this week at running back. I did too, and there's one that's just glaring that we should pass on, but it's too much of a punt. They shouldn't even have Le'Veon Bell listed, honestly. Um, yep. Well, so the, uh, the other one in that same stratosphere that I could have chosen is Saquon. Yep. Uh Washington just doesn't give up much in terms of yardage or scores to opposing running backs. And you saw but what they did to Zeke this week. The the guy that I chose is Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah. Baltimore's defense is for real, folks. It, it yeah. really is. I, they did give up a couple scores to Drew Brees last week, but uh, they they held that running back tandem, that running back tandem, to just over a hundred total yards uh, on the season. Uh, they've allowed only two running back total touchdowns all season. Again, one of those was Kamara this past week, but two all season. Uh, we love Christian McCaffrey. He's a great DFS play because of his receptions and stuff. This is not the week that I want to spend 7000 uh, $7, for him when for $100 more I can get Kareem Hunt. No, and you know what? Just look back to this past week and see what the Eagles did for three quarters against that team. If not for that fourth quarter where they're, I'm not sure what happened. I think they went and they started to celebrate a little early. You can see what can happen. So McCaffrey was on my short list. But you know me. I can't avoid those high-priced guys. So you chose Saquon. I chose Saquon, yes, absolutely. Yep. I, I, I really agree with that, that, that play because I, I just wanted to be a little variant there, so I chose McCaffrey. Okay, so now before I give you my value play, I have a question for you. What constitutes a value play? Uh, is, it a sal- is it an amount? Be- is it an amount? Is it an expected return on the amount? Like if somebody's 9,000 and it's you, you expect them to put up 45 points, that's five times value. Is that a value? You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that because I'm going to preface it with this. The value play that I had picked matched my pay-up pick, but I know I can't do that. But Kareem Hunt clearly is a value play this week. I, I would agree with that statement. Okay, but that's not who I picked because that wouldn't be fair. So my value play is in the same game. I'm going with Royce Freeman. Despite his injury? Despite the injury. Interesting. Because you can wait till Sunday and you don't have to play him if the news is bad come Friday. We're recording on Monday. Um, but if he's playing and he's healthy, yes, I, I like the price. I think that he gets enough play. He, he's looked good. I'm okay with it. Well, so I actually also went with someone in that game. <laughs> I went with uh, Philip Lindsay, assuming that Royce Freeman is not going to play. In reality, I would like to say 
that on DraftKings there are four running backs all in that same price tier uh, from 5000 to 5400 They're all at about 6500 on FanDuel. That's Marlon Mack, Carrion Johnson, Philip Lindsay, yep. and Matt Breda. All four of those guys make great value or second running back options. Or if you want to put a lineup in with a lot of high-priced wide receivers and you want to kind of punt away from the big uh, running backs this week, you could easily roster two or th- two or three of those guys uh, if not force them there. So in a sense, we kind of have like a .5 agreement there that we both want a piece of the running game for the Broncos. Yes. But it's still not an agree. So, all right. We've got to do it here because I, I can't carry two of, two of them in, in tight end. I've got to carry one in wide receiver if I'm going to hit the over. Who are you paying up for at wide receiver? I'm going with Mike Evans at Cincinnati. Okay. Cincinnati is allowing an average of 5.8 catches and 97 yards per game to opposing number one wide receivers. Okay. So I thought it was an easy this is who you have to play this week because this guy destroys this team. And he's had an extra week to prepare. And I had Antonio Brown all queued up, and I crossed him out. Couldn't do it. Not, not, that's not the play. So I'm looking at it, and I went, oh, I, you know what? I don't mind Mike Evans' pick. But Tampa Bay did not fix that defense in one week. Okay? <laughs> so A.J. Green is my payup. And I really thought you were going to go for A.J. Green at home against that suspect defense, especially that is going to be without Quan Alexander now. Yes. And, and trust me, I, I like A.J. Green a lot this week. And, and like I was just saying, if you do want to pay a little down at running back and get two or three of those guys in that yep. $5,000 range, you can actually afford to put Evans, Green, and possibly even Antonio Brown into yeah. your lineup, uh, again, if, if you if you set yourself up value-wise to other positions. There is a ton in the wide receiver category at the top end that's all looks good. Yeah, they're really – and again, we'll get to this here in a second on our stayaways. Yep. Uh, I had a hard time, hard time choosing a stay away because realistically, I would have no problem with playing any of the top 12 listed receivers this week well, uh, on DraftKings pricing. I, I was, it was difficult too, but I thought one guy stood out to me, so I know you didn't pick him. Um, I can't pay up for Tyreek Hill as the most expensive wide receiver. Um, I know that I should be able to, but he just relies on that big play so much. And I think it's a bigger week for other components in that game. I don't want to stack Hunt and Hill. So I'm going to just go and I'm going to say I'm not paying up at that price for Hill. I actually, I like that argument. I might have to change my rating on Hill for this week because I, I like your, your way of putting that. And uh, yes, Tyreek Hill is explosive and can score at any point in the field. But <coughs> Denver still has one good cornerback. Am I correct? Yeah, and I think that's who I'm expecting could possibly shadow or cover him quite a bit. Chris Harris is still a very, very top-notch cornerback in this league. The uh, guy that I'm staying away from, I I had to go down the list a little ways for this, and that's Golden Tate versus Seattle. Yeah, you sure Uh, did. Only only two teams have allowed fewer wide receiver touchdowns than Seattle this year. I mean, we, we talk about how the Legion of Boom doesn't exist anymore. There's still a very good defense against the pass. Yeah, um, I, I can see it. you did go down the list. I don't like to go that cheap for my avoid. So, but I get it. Um, all right, let's. I think maybe we can get the payoff here together. I mean, the value play together. 
although it's always much more difficult. Um, staying in this game for some reason. Looks like I want a lot of action in this Denver-Kansas City game. Um, Cortland Sutton. Again, I think that it's going to be – the Chiefs are going to put a lot of points on the board. Um, Denver has shown a penchant to go towards him, and he won't be – you know, he's not going to be the first priority that they try to stop. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a six for 80 with one, maybe two touchdown line for him. Uh, Cortland Sutton also received a green grade for me this week. Uh, I like him at the bottom of the barrel. He's one of my punt favorites this week, along with Chester Rogers and also Adam Humphreys, who I've been touting the last couple of weeks for Tampa Bay. But the value play I'm going with this week at wide receiver is a little bit higher in price. And he's kind of a sneaky play. That's Taylor Gabriel versus the Jets. Yeah. The Jets have struggled against slot receivers this year. They've allowed an average of seven and a half catches and 90 yards to the position. Now, since Anthony Miller has started playing, he's been playing opposite Allen Robinson, which has pushed Taylor Gabriel into the inside, which is probably where he's more comfortable anyways. Uh, three different teams have thrown to their receivers a- as a group for more than 240 yards against the Jets. At this price, Taylor Gabriel is the sneaky play there because uh, you got to assume that Allen Robinson and uh, Miller are going to get the tougher coverage on the outside. Yeah, and you know what? His ownership rate would probably be very low coming off a three for twenty six performance last week, exactly. Yeah. And I have him. I, I've been playing him. I think it's in Scott Fishbowl that I have him that I play. Him. Maybe it's in the flex league also. Um, but yeah, it's not a bad call at all. Um, yep, I think your under is going to hit. All right. So who is your value? Play? Oh, you gave your value. Looks, oh, man. I told you we have brain farts sometimes. <laughs> you want to move the tight end? Here's where we might have one or two hits. Well. Yeah, I didn't play fair on this, so it might it might cost me. It might cost me. All right, I'm paying up for. I'm gonna just make it easy. Would you like to pick? I'll, I'll let you guess the game. Would you like to guess the game? Um, I would say Kansas City versus Denver. Yeah, I'm paying up for Kelsey. You know, he did have a great game against Denver earlier this year, but I think in general over his career, he's actually struggled against Denver. So. I'd have to look up the numbers, but I think I remember that from earlier this year when I was looking at their game. And, of course, then as soon as I, I slated that uh, before that game, he went off and had a huge game. So I should have let you give your payup first, honestly. But go ahead. Which, who's your payup? Well, you can probably guess my payup. He's, he's not as high as, as Kelsey and those guys, but he's a guy that I've been touting all season long. He was actually Eric my payup. No, <laughs> the guy actually went as a payup for me last week when the slate was much thinner at tight end, and that's David Nyoku at Pittsburgh. You know, Nyoku's matchup last week against Tampa Bay was pretty easy. It's going to be even easier this week against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is allowing an average of more than 90 yards per game to opposing tight ends during their last five contests. Uh, I, I think that Nyoku, uh, who's who scored last week, uh, had a decent game, five catches, 50-some-odd yards. Should be another big game for him this week. Okay. I just have a hard time paying up for somebody that's that cheap. Um, I just have So now my question— well, I hate spending money at the tight end position, so— So, okay. I'm going to tell you who my stay away is. Okay. I paid up for Kelsey, right? Yes. I'm also advocating to stay away from Kelsey this week. Yes. That is my say. Look, I'm going to, there you go. People, you're listening. You can't see Harley. You can. What's it say? 
It says Kelsey, yep. And the reason for that is, one, if I'm going to pay up, uh, I want the best guy there, and that's why I figured I'd go with him, right? I almost went with Kittle. Almost went with Trey Burton. Don't want any part of Cook or Ebron this week. But I was like, I don't really want to pay up at tight end. So if I don't really want to pay up because of all those nice price tight ends, then I really should tell people, avoid Kelsey. So... There you go. I yeah. told you I broke the rules. Who's your? Who are you avoiding? Well, no, I actually agree with that statement. Again, this is part of my philosophy, I think, at tight end position in general, particularly on weeks when there's several high-end wide receivers that I really want to get in my lineup. Yep. When you've got that many like, high-end wide receivers that I really want to stuff my lamp with, I can't afford to spend up at tight end. So I, I'm avoiding those guys in general anyways. But uh, the guy I'm going to avoid is Jimmy Graham at Los Angeles. Uh, LA Rams have been fairly good against tight ends this year. Only two tight ends have done good against them. That was Jared Cook week one and George Kittle last week. But in reality, George Kittle only had a good game because that's the only guy that CJ Beathard threw the ball to all game. True. So, <laughs> uh, he's my, he's my stay away at 6,400, but I agree. I'm, I'm not paying up for Kelsey this week. I'm not paying up for Kittle. Uh, don't want anything to do with Cook or Ebron. Uh, don't care much about history. Could give a damn about biology. Don't know much about the science book. Yeah, I'm gonna leave Trey Burton on my bench. I think. <laughs> I got you. I really thought you were gonna say you were gonna avoid Kelsey. I thought I was gonna sneak my way into a match there, honestly. Um, but I have a feeling we're gonna agree on our value play. Uh, I think we could. Although I, I will preface this by saying there's a lot of good uh, value oh, plays at tight end this I, week. I'm gonna name a couple. I don't think you have matched to. Okay. If, if you do happen to have this match, then I'm going to count this as a match for us. Guys that I considered, but I decided not to choose as my value play. Jeff Hewerman. Nope. Chris Herndon. Nope. Wait a minute. Is it true that he's a tight end for the Jets? And he has scored in back-to-back games. The Jets. Yes, J E T S. The Jets have a tight end. <laughs> That's just mind-boggling. I, I know. I, I was like looking through the uh, scoring. And I saw Jets tight end touchdown. I assumed it had to be like Jason Morrow or something like yeah. that. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue. Uh, Cameron Brait. Nope. Cameron Brait's running mate, O.J. Howard. Nope. Ricky Seals Jones. Nope. Okay, that's just a few of the guys I would have considered at that range. But the guy who I think we're going to match on Do it. is C.J. Uzoma. Yes. Uh, going against Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I've, I've just rattled my way against Tampa Bay's tight end coverage all season. Uh, every team has topped 50 receiving yards at the position, and they've allowed a tight end to score in four straight games. That is it. It's C.J.'s who I had. Um, he got a touchdown this week, right? He didn't really do yep. much catch-wise, yardage-wise, but – this week. A lot of that was just, I mean, Dalton was yeah. Dalton was weird. It was like the entire first half, all he did was throw to A.J. Green. Yeah. And I'm just like screaming at the screen because I, I had lots of shares going this week in Tyler Boyd. I had some John Ross. I had a lot of Zuma. And, and it literally every pass he was throwing was to Green. It was just sickening me. And again, the fact that Quan Alexander is out of that defense, that's a hit. Now, they still have Levante David who can help cover a tight end and such, but it's just I think that overall that defense is going to come much more crashing down the earth. And, yeah, I think CJ's got as much upside as anybody when you look at his price. Mm -hmm. 
So again, a lot, lot of value there. Uh, this is also a week where, again, if you want to try to get that, uh, that that big stack with three big wide receivers in there, yeah, consider playing a couple of these cheaper tight ends. Put one of these cheap tight ends at your flex position, along with a couple of those cheaper running backs that we talked about a little bit there. And you'll still probably have room to get Kareem Hunt and two or three of those receivers in there as well. I cannot endorse the double tight end theory if it's a GPP. If it's anything other than that, okay. I just tight ends in general have far fewer big games than other positions. So you're kind of limiting yourself if you put one in your flex just to save some salary. I'd rather save it on a running back that could have a monster game. Tight ends just usually one, don't. And an interesting stat is that uh, uh, some of my biggest paydays in the past have been with the double tight end, but this year as far as the uh, DraftKings Millionaire Maker goes, at least, all of the teams that have won the Millionaire Maker have used either a running back or a wide receiver at the flex position. None has used a tight end there. Yep, there you go. All right, any parting thoughts as we head into week eight? Week eight, let that sink in. The halfway point of the season. Week eight. Uh, Get out there and make some free agent requests this week because there's a few players that you need to get. Okay. Give me a priority name. Oh, any running back for the Oakland Raiders? See, I don't want any part of that. That's just a headache. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I spent all my budget early, so I didn't have to worry about this crap this time of year, honestly. Um, no, but you know what? If you have questions, you don't know what you want to do at Waiver Wire, hit us up. You can hit Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can hit me at Steve Gallo NFL. Of course, you can listen to us for free at the huddle, or if you're listening to us on iTunes, feel free to rate us, review us, all that happy stuff. We really would appreciate it. And until next week, as always, get blitzed responsible. Cheers. Cheers.